Welcome to another inspirational message from London Live Church. You're listening to our Sermon of the Week. Let's pray. It's um, very important that we get in the work in the right spirit. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us into your house. We are about to open the word and uh, we want to hear from you. So speak to us. Use your Holy Spirit that we will study. We are open and receptive in Jesus' name. Okay, so spiritual gifts. Now, the very name itself will have very probably negative connotations to some people because the first word spiritual, spirituality, and all of this has been used and abused in so many different ways and times that we are simply not sure anymore who is telling the truth, who is telling you everything else, okay? And it's very difficult to then approach this subject without some kind of hesitance from the listener. I mean, even for me, just reading this, looking, I'm not up. This week, I called Gifford, and I, I asked him directly about one specific, we're not going to talk about it now, but I wanted, even he was like, mm, there is no clear cut, you know what I mean? So it's often misunderstood, abused, but still, if we are to believe what the Bible says, we do not have any other option but to follow what it says in here. Now, where are the gifts mentioned first time? Um, I mean, spiritual gifts, we could say the first time we see them is in New Testament. They have been around for many years before that, okay? If, except in those days, it became very obvious for one simple reason, because church was being established as an entity. Before that, there was no church. Before Jesus, there was no church. There was no church even during the Jesus time. It was synagogue. It was gatherings with him as a teacher, but there was no church. It was only after Jesus left that the believers, the followers, the Christians decided, let's organize ourselves. Hence, problems. Right? In every group of people. We here. Do you think everything's hunky dory here? No, I'm telling you not. I know. I'm behind the scenes. But do you know what, what, I, what is encouraging to me? There is a power that's bigger than me, and the six of us, and ten of us, and the fifty of us. You know? There is a power that is able to make this work. And that's exactly what was happening in the New Testament times. And then if we read in the Corinthians, Paul writes to the Corinthians. Why? Precisely for that reason. There was issues. There were some people, I'm better than you. I mean, no, 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 I am better than you. I mean, we had a sermon about Barnabas and Ananias and um, Sapphira. Again, you know, they saw somebody else was doing something I want to do exactly. So there was a competition. There was a problem in church. So Paul sees this, but at the same time, he sees something else. God is doing miraculous things, and he's doing it through the gifts 
of the Spirit. So the people are confused. How is this possible? So he wants to lay this out once and for all, sort it out, listen, this is how it is, and let's work and live by what it says. So this is basically kind of short of what we are going to be studying, why are we going to be studying, why spiritual gifts, what are they, how we can implement into our lives, and so on. So today, I'm trying to be very short because, trust me, I'm sweating here. And I'm probably going to need some water sludge, and there's a bottle that I've got at the back there. She will bring it to me. Um, but she's not here right now. Flora, you will remind her. Um, <laughs> see, that's one of those things I had in my mind. I had to bring the bottle with me, and I didn't. Okay, so what I want to do is give you five elements as a general overview of what, what the spiritual gifts are all about, how we're going to use them, and then we're going to look into the Bible texts and see how we apply this. Thank you. Okay, so number one, what are the spiritual gifts? Number one, understanding what are they. Spiritual gifts are unique and supernatural abilities or talents granted to believers by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there are two things here that stand out for me. What are they? They're unique. And what else? They are not of this world. They're supernatural, right? Meaning, you're not born with it. It's unique, and it's out of this world, which means not everybody has it. Okay? They are distinct from our natural talents and skills and are designed to edify and bless the body of Christ, meaning us. We are the body of Christ. So your spiritual gift is to edify me, Michaela, your daughter, guests, anyone here, the body of Christ. This is what their purpose is. Now, you will ask me, is there a biblical basis to this? So let's go to the Bible and open the first Corinthians 12, 4 to 11 first. 12, 4 to 11. And I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read off the screen, Liddy, if you have read it, because I have a screen down here. Because if I read my clear word Bible, it might be a little bit different. Let me read it from it anyway. It says, it's true that there are different gifts, but they all come from the same Holy Spirit. There are different ministries, but we all serve the same Lord. People have different natural abilities, but they all come from the same God. Each one should use his ability for the good of the church, which is an indication whether or not he has the Holy Spirit. These are heavy words, guys. Okay? The uh, verse 8. Now, to one person, the Holy Spirit gives words of wisdom. To another, he gives words of knowledge 
someone else is given a special measure of faith, another is given the gift of healing, and so on. All are given by the same Holy Spirit. One person might be given the power to work miracles, another may be called to the office of a prophet, being the prophet. Someone else can detect the slightest evidence of demonic forces, others can speak different languages in order to evangelize, and still others can translate those languages so people can understand what was said. These gifts are all given by the same Holy Spirit to whomever and whenever He decides. I'm going to put this out of the way because we've just read this. Very often we get hung up on the gift of tongues. I want to put this out here now. It's not one gift, by the way. It's two. One is, and it says very clearly here, Others can speak different languages in order to evangelize. That's one gift. And the other gift is to translate those languages. Do you understand that? So it's not one gift where somebody just speaks something nobody understands. I wonder even if that person can. It's two gifts. One is to speak in the languages people understand, and the other one is to be able to translate that. I'm just going to leave it there. This is not one of the topics we will cover in this series, but it's actually very important that we understand the meaning of that one, because that one is usually the one that everyone gets hung up on. So this is our spe uh, biblical basis of, of um, understanding what spiritual gifts are. Now, if you have a gift, Christmas time you receive the gifts, right? First thing you do on the uh, Christmas day, you go and grab it. And before you open it, how often do you wonder who is it from? Or do you just open the gift and don't care where it comes from? What's, what's your practice? What is it? You, you want to know where it's, who gave you that gift, right? Unless it's a secret Santa or something like that, yeah? You want to know where did the gift come from. And let me tell you, 1 Corinthians 12, 8, it's, it tells very clearly. Now, to one person, the Holy Spirit gives. There is no mistake where it comes from. It is very essential that we recognize that actually God is the ultimate source of those gifts. And then also, He is the one who decides where the gift goes that He has to give, and uh, He has a plan. So if you are given a gift, that means God has a plan with you. So what do you do? Put it in the back pocket and forget about it? Think about that. The gifts are not earned, but they are bestowed upon us. And they are simply an expression of God's grace and love. Really important. Okay, number two. 
so you have a gift, but how do you know which one? How do you discover which gift? Now, that's a practical application of discovery of that gift. Let's read um, 1 Corinthians 12.7 again. Each one should use his ability for the good of the church, which is an indication whether or not he has the Holy Spirit. So, you have a gift. It should mean automatically you should have a Holy Spirit, right? If you have a gift. Because you cannot have a gift without the Holy Spirit. You can't... I mean, have you ever received a gift from Santa? I mean, Santa? Without that, knowing where it comes from, how can you be sure you really have that gift? Because it didn't come from nowhere. So if you have a gift and you don't know the Holy Spirit, you need to go back to the basic. You need to discover the giver. Self-examination. The journey of discovering our spiritual gifts begins with self-reflection. Reflect on your strengths, your passions, your area of service. Where? Right here. That's where we need to start from. Because that's where we practice our gifts. Seek guidance through prayer and don't hesitate to seek counsel from experienced and discerning fellow believers. This is um, not an easy one. You know, when we need to ask for help, it's usually a difficult moment. At work, I know what it's like when I tell the boys what they need to do. Um, this isn't that I don't know what they are doing or that I don't trust them. I just want to make sure they understood the task. Asking your fellow believers, what do you think? Where am I? Should I go this direction? Shall we pray together? Let's seek. Let's ask. The first one is the self-examination. The next one, so there are different parts in each of these points that I'm trying to make. We have something, it's called an assessment tool. You could call it survey, you could call it everything else. I've got one here. Okay, this is one. It's in paper form. It's got about 118 questions here. It's a very, very similar to um, the kind of service you would receive if you work for some kind of fancy company. Posh, I call them posh companies. I, I did uh, one in the 90s. It's called Herman uh, Brain Dominance Test, where they test you to see um, in four areas, mathematical, um, uh, the uh, spiritual, um, social, and something else. And then where do you spike in each of these areas? And that's how they, they understand where to put you as a consultant. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Th this is something similar except we are looking at nine different categories. Now, if you download that um, little PDF, on the page number two, there are a number of links that you can actually see. One of them is, I think, 
to a, um, a survey similar to this one. This is something if you want to do yourself, feel free to do. However, Gareth and I are already preparing this one, which we will make available to you guys throughout these weeks to come, which will allow you to really thoroughly, is the word, um, assess your own spiritual gifts. Because in the Bible it says, every believer is given a gift. I will tell you how, though. You may not know now, but you have a gift that's simply dormant. It gets triggered when the Holy Spirit gets in. Okay? So, when this is ready, through your small groups, and in the next studies, we will allow you to do similar QR code, and you will be able to do that. And this will give you an overview of where where your spiritual strengths lie and where the uh, weaknesses. Now, the weakness, meaning if you are stronger somewhere else and not in some other area, doesn't mean that's a weakness for you. It just means this is not your expertise. Like, I am not a molecular scientist, for example. I know how to build buildings. And I'm not afraid of building tall and wide and, you know, and beautiful and ugly. No, but I can't do molecular science. So that's my weakness. Yes, because if somebody asked me, and if my life depended on it, trust me, I would die. But if it came to the building houses, it would be different. It's exactly the same with this survey. So that's a practical way of finding out where you are in your journey. Because this is simply a journey. Just because you have a gift, just because you've been granted one, doesn't mean that's it. It's a journey. It's a start of the journey that you do, you and the Holy Spirit. Now, I have to say this one other thing. It's more, almost like a disclaimer. These tools are not perfect. So, we're all different. And we're using one benchmark. It's, we know it's not going to be perfect. But at least it's a start. It will give you some indication where you are. Okay, number three. How do we embrace our spiritual gifts? Embracing your spiritual gifts. So for that, let's go to First Peter, um, to chapter four, verses ten and eleven. And it says this: Each of you has received some of God's gifts. So use those gifts to help others like good stewards, administering God's uh, grace in its various forms. For instance, whoever preaches should preach the word of God with conviction. Whoever serves should do it with the strength that God has given him, so that God will be praised through Jesus Christ. Yes, all glory and power and dominion belongs to him, both now and forever. That's my translation. I am sure there's not much difference in the NIV. Okay. Serve with humility. And this is where <laughs> many of us, many of us fall. We start skipping. We start hindering Somehow, I feel very hip, 
you know, there's the walk, there's the talk, you know, I don't even know how to do this, you know, I'm not a preacher, guys, I'm a lay preacher, you know, you know, sometimes Lajana tells me you're trying to be too funny, I'm trying to be, well, I'm thinking I'm trying to be engaging or interesting to people, you know, so there are two different aspects to this, she sees it one way, I see it the other way, you see what I mean? Um, just because I'm here, that does not mean that there are at least 10 of you who could be just here as I am. But you need to find that gift. And when you do, be as humble as you were before you knew about this. It's as simple as that. This is where the, 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 the whole discussion about the, whole, um, the, the, the spiritual gifts came about because Paul had to write to the Corinthians, listen guys, get a grip because there was issues in church. So he wanted to settle it once and for all. So as we embrace our spiritual gifts, it's very crucial to remember that these gifts are not meant for our personal glory. It's all about God. It's not about me. I remember playing in a um, well-known, uh, uh, another church. One would have thought playing four services for 5,000 people every weekend that's a big thing, you know. Do you know what they kept drilling into us? This is not your platform. This is not your platform. You are simply here to enable those 20,000 people to meet God, to worship, to lift them up. You are a tool. That's how God wants us to be. Humble. Approach your service with humility, following the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, who served selflessly. Okay, next point, finding your place in that body. Now, what body we're talking about? Flora? Body of Christ. Who are the body of Christ? Or who is? Who is the body of Christ? We are the body of Christ. So we've already read it. So where should the gifts be used? In the community, right? For the body of Christ. <laughs> I, remember, I remember as kids, my sisters, I'm the eldest, two younger sisters, one is two years younger, the other one is seven years younger. Um, we weren't that well off. Yugoslavia, born in 67, myself, you know, it wasn't. So when I got the gift, I remember I had uh, two or three um, aunties and uncles who worked in Germany. Now, at that time, people were allowed to leave Yugoslavia to go and work elsewhere. And in Germany, they would called Gastarbeiters, made of two words, Gäste, as in guests, and Arbeiter, meaning workers. So we call them gastarbeiters. Yeah, so these are the guys who didn't like what we had, so they went for something better. So we were snubbing them, right? But when they came back with the Mercedes cars and BMWs and the, you know, wads of cash, we were like, oh, right? So my uncle or auntie, when they come, I remember I was six years of age, I got my first, you know the kid's tractor? a little plastic tractor, you jump on it, three wheels, and it has pedals at the front. That's what I got. My sisters got uh, plastic dolls. 
Those are the dolls that actually you can rip the hands off, or the arms, sorry, arms, legs, and the head. What did I do? They dress them up beautifully. They go to bed. And what do I do? I go rip the head off and put it on the leg side. Take the leg off, put it on where the head is supposed to be, and so on. So basically, when they wake up in the morning, they have a little uh, monster lying next to them. You know, that, that's, that's what I would do. <laughs> See, finding your place in the body, just like that head that doesn't belong near the butt, right? In our church, when we have spiritual gifts, we have to find our place, you know. There's absolutely no way I could be doing some things that some of you do. No way. I just don't have that gift. Now, Let's not confuse this with talent, okay? Even when it comes to talent, some of the talents that I have, there are people way better than me, way better. I mean, some of the pianists here, seriously. I'm like, I don't want to be playing for another three weeks after, just in case they pop back, okay? Find your place in this body. Serve where you meant to serve. You know, don't butt into other people's gifts. Strive to use your gift in harmony with others, recognizing that together we actually make sense. Separately, leg on its own doesn't walk into this room, you know. A head on its own, if you saw it, you'd, you'd run scared. Would you not? But together as one body, we make sense. And another last point in this um, Number three is overcome your fear. Um, there are a number of um, stories in the Bible where people discovered they have this unnatural ability to do things. Instead of embracing this, they just run, run mile, you know? Jonah, right? What did he do? He wanted to hide, disappear. You know, there are so many stories like this in the Bible where people, God gave the gift, and yet they were scared to act, to use. There is a responsibility, you know. If God leads you, I often have this, and I preached this here before. Um, when you're looking for work, and if you pray, and you're not sure, some job opportunity comes along, but you feel... Maybe I'm not ready. Let me tell you now, if the job opportunity did come and present it itself to you, trust me, you've got to take it. This is God placing you in front of the open door. Don't you dare not walk through it. Because if you prayed for it to get to this point, he will help you on the other side too, even if you're not sure what you're supposed to do. Trust Trust the Spirit. Do not let the, hear, the, the fear and your personal insecurity. So, do not push the gift. Deal with the insecurity. Because that will bring so much more blessing into the community than your fear. Okay, number four. So, we're going more practical now. How? we use 
these gifts, using your gifts to build the church. So we're going to go now into Ephesians. Uh, chapter 4, uh, 11 to 13. And it goes like this. The gifts he gave were, were varied. Some were called to be apostles. Others um, functioned as prophets. Still, others to be evangelists and others to be pastors of teachers or, or teachers. These are only a few of the many gifts God has given to make the church stronger and to equip it to carry out its mission. And the verse 13 says this, the gifts are to help us press together, to treasure our mutual faith and to grow up into mature believers, becoming more and more like Christ. In other words, becoming Christians. Because being like Christ, being a follower of Christ means being a Christian. Can you see this? If you call yourself a Christian, you cannot tell me you do not have a spiritual gift. If you do not have a spiritual gift, what did we say? Can you see how it links? Do you know the gift giver? And who is the gift giver? We've, we've talked about it. Who gives the gifts? Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit? One primary purpose of spiritual gifts is to edify and encourage. They are tools to strengthen the bonds between us and unify within the body of Christ. These are the verses 12 and verses 13. The second point in this is impact on outreach. Now, if you think these gifts are only meant to be used here when you walk through these doors, then you are mistaken. God didn't give them, Holy Spirit didn't give them just for a specific place or a specific purpose, although there are times when God gives, for example, like a gift of healing. Okay? Um, did you know there is no one, even in the Bible, except for Jesus, as a person who had a gift of healing, that the moment he snapped his fingers, something happened? Even in the Bible. Yes, Paul? Peter, they were all doing miracles. But they were specific for that one time. Today, we pray for healing and someone gets healed. Does that mean you have a gift of healing? No. The gift of healing is specific. It's not somehow I walk because then, sure, I have a gift of healing. Let's go down to the hospital and sort all the, all the problems out. It doesn't work like that, guys. It doesn't work like that. Okay? So the gifts are given for impact and outreach, meaning we're not supposed to, you know, gather your gifts and go home if you're at someone else's house 
receiving gifts on Christmas Day, you know? No, they are to be shared. And the last point that I want to make here, and in closing, is it's very simple. This is not easy. There will be challenges. There will be difficulties with this. There will be people who will just look at you weirdly. They will not believe you. They will not trust that this is real. But take this as a growth process because you too, I too have to grow in my gift. This isn't something that just happens, boom, I'm walking away. Ah, okay, let me encourage you. I'm an encourager. Let me prophesy for you because that's what I do. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like this. The Holy Spirit decides when he prophesies through you, when he heals through you. So it's not you. It is the Holy Spirit that does that. Can you see that? So if this connection is not there, this ain't going to happen. This is not going to happen. Serving with your spiritual gifts may definitely present you with challenges. But the key is one word. Perseverance. Very simply, lean on God. Lean on God. You all know this beautiful Lean on Me song, right? Amazing song. That's exactly what you need to do. Lean on God. Because whatever there is that you don't understand, that you're confused about, He is going to make it clear. Continual growth is also another important aspect of this. Development and refinement of your spiritual gifts is an ongoing process. There is no moment where you can say, okay, now I know it all, now I'm good, let's go. When you got your diploma at the end of your uni, did your challenges stop or did they just start? So if they continued, meaning your growing and learning had to continue with it, correct? That's what God wants us to do. And this is why we do this. And in, he's encouraging us every day, even through this. Pick up. Pick up every day. Stay open to God's guidance and continue growing in your application of these gifts. So, to conclude, gifts are given to us by whom? By gracious God, the Holy Spirit. Number two, they are not for our glory, but they are to edify and to glorify Him. Number three, they are to impact the world around us, whether it's immediate world or wider. Number four, we can make a lasting transformation and the difference in people's lives, especially in our church community. And the last one, keep on discovering. Let this discovery of this new gift not be the end of it. Let this be the beginning of this journey. Grow. You never know what you might discover next. You never know when the Holy Spirit will understand that you're ready yet for another gift. 
you will never know this until you place yourself in a situation where Holy Spirit says, now is the time. How many of you think you have a holy, um, uh, a spiritual gift? Come on. Feel free. Okay. Meaning you have, you have experienced something along those lines. Those of you who haven't lifted your hand, I'm not going to judge you because you're probably too lazy to lift a hand, and that's okay. But if the reason is, I'm not sure, I don't have one, let me tell you, yes, you do. Yes, you do. However, let me read something for you. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. And this is where I'm going to end. The best illustration of this is the human body. And I've already mentioned this. Our bodies have many parts, but all the parts make up only one body. So the church... Christ's body on earth also has many parts, but we function as one body. That's the purpose of the spiritual gifts which the Holy Spirit gives us after we are baptized. I didn't make this up. It's in the Bible. After we are baptized. In other words, after you commit your life to Christ. Holy Spirit comes down, opens up your mind. The possibilities are endless. This is the key. After you're baptized. By the way, we have a baptism coming up in October. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Amen. This is the end of this broadcast. We hope you have been encouraged and inspired. For more information, please visit londonlivechurch.com. Mm-hmm.